I'm Kimberly C. Paul. Today we talk with D.S. Moss. He's a culture producer, a storyteller, and an explorer of his own curiosity, which brought him to a misunderstood and controversial subject, death and dying. How do we become the architect of our own destiny? Throughout two decades of working with the dying, I think I've discovered the secrets to dying well in America. We must learn to build the pathways to our last chapter, to create the blueprints that reflects our individual lives and values. Knowledge is power, and if we desire a death that reflects our life, we must become the designer. It's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So tell me, what in the world, veteran to writer to a podcast about death and dying? I must know your story. How, how did you get here? Oh, boy. Um, life, I guess. Um, no, I, I, you know, I joined the military after high school. Um, but at the time, I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be in business. So I was going to go to Arizona State. And then one thing leads to another, and then I joined the Marine Corps, and it's just really a, a sequence of <laughs> sequence of random events, I guess. And um, you know, I when I was a kid, I wanted to be in film, I wanted to be a director, but but you know, I was born in Idaho and spent some time uh, in Alaska. And my family, it's it's really you're a cop, you're an electrician. Um, you work with your hands. So, so working in film is, is, is the land where leprechauns and unicorns live. And so it was, <laughs> it was never like, it was never a real thing. Um, but then when I was in the military, then I had this, another random chance encounter, uh, engagement with Harvey Keitel. And this is like peak Harvey Keitel, like nineties Pulp Fiction. He was, he was in his, in his Renaissance, I guess. Um, and then he invited me to his trailer on set, uh, me and my buddy Jackson and, and I got on set and I'm like, Oh, this is not magical. This is a real thing that, um, I certainly can do. And so that set me on the path of film. And so took me to Texas, uh, where I, where I got a degree in film and, uh, was a writer and then got into, you know, digital media and then moved to New York and then started the company and worked in digital media. And then. Um, it all kind of just coalesced into podcasting. I, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the brief nutshell. Cause you were really right down the street in Jacksonville, North Carolina. That's where you were stationed, correct? Oh yeah. Camp Lejeune. So tell me a little bit about your podcast and what, why the subject, what's the title mean? How, how did you even think about exploring death and the way you do it is absolutely funny and uh, cynical, and you involve your family. Tell me a little bit about how this all started. So I, I actually haven't said this publicly before, so I'll tell you the, the true origin. The true origin story. Um, I wish it were, you know, something profound and had to. Uh, there was a moment of somebody passing, and then I questioned life. No, the the real story is is that I was trying to woo this girl, and she was sick. And so she was binge listening to podcasts and she had asked if I had a podcast, what would it be on? <laughs> and I have a tendency to take some of these questions very seriously. And so I stewed on it and I stewed on it. And at the time I was writing this script about this 28 year old going through his quarter life crisis and it was very satirical, but I was like knee deep in reading like Sartre and 
like super heavy existential writing. And so like I have all these sticky notes all over my, my office that were just about angst and meaning and purpose and uh, life. And then I, and then it kind of hit me that all of my work has to do with, with those topics. But I always come at it at the angle of trying to, to, to soften it. And, and then it hit me that if I had a podcast, it would be on death. And then I said, oh, I'm going to do a podcast on death. And then there was a, there was a guy that, that I work with that does a lot of the audio mixing for the actual videos that I do. And we had a beer one day and I'm like, hey, do you want to do a passion project? And he's like, sure, not, not knowing what he was getting himself into. And that's how it, that's how it, it took off, really. And what was, was beautiful about this project compared to all the other projects is that I, I knew, since it's a podcast, I knew that there, there was no revenue involved. And so I could do whatever I wanted to. I didn't have to answer, answer to anybody. And I could explore this topic. So that's, that's Genesis. Um, the name itself is, you know, Memento Mori is 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 the uh, the latin term for meditating on death it, the little translation translation means um remember that you must die and you reference the dead poet society with the name at one point didn't you that was yeah that was in an interview with that's funny that i think it was a video interview with on zoltan itzman's bus fantastic robert williams movie of a uh, dead poet society it just it like blew up this whole world of cliche that for the next 10 decade everybody was saying carpe diem right seize the day but in order to seize the day what makes that day meaningful is that you actually have to remember that those days are limited and so memento mori is kind of the prefix to that it's you can't seize the day unless the day has meaning and to understand the true meaning of of that is that you actually should recognize that you are mortal and uh you know you have a you have a stamp ticket it's not unlimited so um so that's what it's so it's memento mori carpe diem which is remember you will die so seize the day oh cool now just to bring everyone who's listening you have no healthcare background whatsoever no no not at all i feel like you're following your curiosity which is a creative avenue that that brought you to such a subject because you were just curious about it. Absolutely. What are you trying to accomplish with your curiosity about death and dying? Total pure enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but but yes, right? Sort of. But yes, yes, but sort of. <laughs> I mean, I know I, I know it's, I know that's a dog chasing his tail. But one of my interns, uh, this was like around the, the fourth episode. So his his grandfather passed, and. Um, he was incredibly close to his grandfather and you know, it was a, it was a very hard blow for him and his family. And he wrote me this beautiful long email, I think right after the service while he was away. And, and he said, you know, it's thank you for doing this show because in a weird way, it's prepared me mentally and not prepared as in like prepared for mourning or grief because there's no such thing. Right. It's like, it's made something click in my head about life that I, I never really thought about that before. And um, I just want to say thank you. And I was incredibly touched. And I think that is, that is kind of the purpose now is that, is that I'm, the, I'm the guinea pig um, and I'll stumble my way through this journey 
trying to learn and explore and uh, uh, and hopefully the audience can can take some some nuggets of of wisdom out of that and apply it to themselves. So that's that's the ultimate purpose. Well, I will say I have listened to your podcast and I'm a huge fan. I have taken not only some nuggets, as you say, but also just um, humor about death and dying too. Well, I mean, it's you kind of. Ha- I come from, I come from a long line of smartasses, and it's one what people can be incredibly earnest and sincere, and um, and it's not that humor is not sincere, but it's. I think it's just a, it's a another very genuine way to process um, things that are quite terrifying really. I have to reference this because one of my favorite, and I I go back and listen to it when I I need a little bit of a giggle. Your mother is in the podcast. I think it was episode one, was it? Or episode two? No, she's she's in episode one. Oh, episode one. So you tell 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 the audience or the view, the listeners how did you call her set this up because it was extremely funny to me. So you just said you were calling. You have a question to ask? Yeah, and I said I said to. One, when you call your mother and say, um, be home at this time, I have something to ask you, that just sets up in her mind like a thousand different scenarios. <laughs> um, and as I said, make sure that my stepdad is on the phone too, which just adds this another layer of, of drama. Um, <laughs> and, and, I didn't, and I didn't set up that I was recording. I, I, by no means, I, I was very um, unethical in, in not letting her know that I was recording our conversation. But since it's my mom, I can do. I can do the right. You can get away with it. Yeah. Um, and so I, it was. So episode one was about plan on dying, and it was about me administratively going through all of um, the legalities and the preparations from setting up your digital accounts um, to planning your funeral. So that was all episode one. And so I, I called to ask my mother if she would be um, my healthcare proxy. So she, so legally she can decide, you know, when to pull the plug. <laughs> and she has no clue that this is what you're about to ask her. No clue. No clue. And so I, you know, I, so I said, mother, will you be my healthcare proxy? <laughs> and of course, it's such a random, silly thing without any setup to, to, to ask your parent. Well, she even, she was like, oh, oh, that's what you want. I mean, it was like. Uh, uh, that's it. That's yeah. That's yeah. all. You're not getting married. I mean, it was your your stepfather. He goes, I almost blew out milk in my nose because your mom was like, maybe he's getting married. Oh, <laughs> it was your grandma, which, which was actually what she was, was hoping for. So anything outside of she's a grandmother was going to be a complete letdown. I think. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And and then what what was so. What was so amazing to me, which is is very typical, I think, of of the human uh, nature, is that within moments of her agreeing to be your healthcare proxy, your healthcare agent, she's like, "Hey, do you still have your beard? Did you save it off?" Like within seconds, and you're, <laughs> and and she even said that you would look younger if you you know you would look younger if you should. And it was hilarious. Within seconds, she's gone from a very serious topic to. What what your what you your facial hair is doing? Uh, again, that all comes back to her having grandchildren. So she wants. <laughs> she's just trying to get me get me sold off. So uh, yeah, she's like, all right. But 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 you bring up a good point. I think I don't know necessarily. My mother's is a 
typical person, but she's, you know, she's in her mid sixties. And for a, for a lot of people, particularly in Western society, what I've learned uh, in my very brief journey so far, and I'm not in the death and dying industry, but, but, but one thing that I have learned is that there is a natural deflection when it comes to the topic. But here's the rub though, is there, I think what also happens, which I'm amazed at is that, you know, when I tell people I have a podcast about death, there's always this like lean back moment. They're like, Oh, and then it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, then there's a lean forward and then they have a story and they want to talk about it. So that I'm fascinated with is because we, there is like, once you break the ice, then like the river flows, people, you can't shut people up, but it's getting into the conversation is kind of the trick. And so, yeah, so my mom had really deflected. She's like, Oh yeah, I'll do that. Hey, by the way, <laughs> shave your beard and make me some, make me some babies. <laughs> so you bring up several times in your podcast, as well as even some references right here this morning, is that you're, you're talking about death, but you're learning more about life and how to live your life. What are some of the, the lessons that stick out to you that you would want to share based on your experience? That's a tough question. And, and here's why, because I feel like, you know, there, there were these moments where you can be like, okay, I, I, I grasp this, I'm going to die. But it's very intellectual. Like we can intellectualize it. And we all know that we're all going to die, right? We get that from a factual point of view, but to actually feel it, that's a whole different story. And so there are these, there's some, some moments where I've actually had moments where like, oh, I, I get it and I feel it. But those are quite fleeting. And then, you know, the, the first episode I ended with, I, I had always wanted to break dance. And so I, and so I signed up for break dancing classes and I, I kind of ended it with like that. That's a buck. That's just a, yeah. Um, and I, I even don't like that term. I think we should, we should do the things that we like to do because we want to do them. And like as, as a bucket list sort of thing. Yeah. Not necessarily be, because we want to do it before we die. I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, I, I, I kind of shy away from that term, but um, yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to break. Did you have the Michael Jackson like parachute pants too during this class? I have to know. No, you got. I would just wear loose, loose shorts, loose okay. shorts. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no tight things. I gotta. I'm not as limber as as I once was, but you know, for for a while, I thought that was it. That was just like living life to the fullest and just doing things. Like I've always wanted to play chess. The so next time I'm going to learn to play chess, and that that is meaningful. Um, but that's not then. Then you know. Then after a few episodes later, when we get into in episode five, I interview a friend and a photojournalist who was kidnapped in Iraq, and um, you know, every second for ten days, he thought he was going to be beheaded. Right, and so that that was a powerful story, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and he's, he's and he's another smartass by nature, and um, which hasn't come through. And and he was incredibly sincere in our interview, and and I and I think he made a point at the end is, is that you, you have to find meaning in anything. And so to get back to the point is, I feel less tethered to this idea of how we're supposed to live, like the track we're supposed to live. I, I've always been a little bit untethered to begin with, but this is why it's so hard. It's it's hard to articulate because I've 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 learned how to live a more fulfilled life by doing things, but there's another level to that of like living a purposeful and meaningful life. 
And that's different than, than having purpose and having meaning because that's a whole other slippery slope that, you, that most people chase, right? What is my purpose in life? Um, and what I've learned from this process, literally from, from what my, the, my past life regression episode, um, and I don't even know if it actually made it into the episode, but um, Daniel Ryan, who, who was a hypnotherapist, said it's not about purpose. It's about doing things that are purposeful, right? And so that's, that, you know, again, you can boil all these down to cliches, but, but that one hit, that one connected. It's like, okay. I've my entire life. It's like, what have, what have I been put here to do? What is my meaning? Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, this was a surprise for me is that I believe less. I believe less doing this show and not in like in a bad way. Like less uh, about spirituality. Y- yeah. Which is, which is, which, which is shocking to say. And, and, and again, I, and I, and I don't think that, and I'm, to- and I'm even more comfortable with like saying that and being okay with that. Like, and not like, not like in a, in a nihilistic reference where sure. there is no meaning. There's nothing. Life just is and sucks. Well, during, during that episode though, I, I, and I, I'm right on the cusp of listening to when you, when you are, is it hypnotized or you like right before hypnosis or something along those lines, you, you, you were going to look for past lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's regression. It's not, it's not regression. Yeah. It's not the hypnotizing that we see in TV. It's just like a deep meditation. It's a deep, deep guided meditation. Did you read, um, many lives, many masters? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So guess what? I'm, I'm halfway in that book right now. And I, wow, that's an interesting read. It's, it is interesting. And, I, and that was one of the things that, that, that made me believe less in a way. Because I also interview in, in that episode a, a friend of mine who was a Buddhist monk for, or Vedic monk for, for 13 years. And I want to believe that. I, I really do. If I like had a sort of a, a, a magnetic pull to a, to a belief, it would be that. But I still don't. I don't believe it because what happens in many lives, many masters, and I hopefully I'm not doing a spoiling alert. It just becomes very rule based. So now he has access to these these masters, and then now there's seven layers, and there's you got to do this to do this, and then, and then I'm like that. Now it gets humanized. Mm-hmm. Like now we're putting rules to it, and I don't and I don't jive with the rules. I, I just don't. Because it's coming from one source, single source, those these rules that I'm like, yeah, you lost me. Yeah. And I think it just opened the door for me to realize, like, the question mark, is there multiple lives? And and it kind of left me still hanging. I haven't finished the book yet, but it just, it, it it's inquisitive to me because I've, sometimes you meet people and you're like, man, I... I just met you, and I mean, and you're, and now I'm even. I even told a friend last night. I was like, I think she was in a past life, and and so it, it's sort of, it's it's just interesting how sometimes a book like that can can change your opinions, but also make you question a little bit more as well. And, and I do got to say, I, I I think though that there is undeniably something that is beyond our comprehension, and maybe it's maybe it's. Uh, maybe we get reincarnated. Uh, nobody knows. Um, and, and part of me, part of me is quite rational and scientific. Like I kind of need, um, 
it was funny. Sort of a quick anecdote is that uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine is kind of like a, the breakup conversation. And, and I, for some reason, I don't know what we're talking about exactly, but I said, you need to, you need to believe in me in this one instance. And she's like, I can only believe what I can see and touch. And I was like, well, that's actually not belief. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and so, but, 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 but in a way I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I find myself kind of wanting to be the same way. Belief is belief in something that you can't see and touch. Yeah. Like the leap of faith. And, yes. You know, yeah, totally. I totally get that. Well, I will say um, you and your podcast has really, it's been refreshing to go on these journeys with you. And and I will tell you the multiple interviews and the production that you do um, with it is, is absolutely amazing. So, but I want um, you to tell people where to find your podcast um, and how to get to it so we can share this with everybody else. Sure. You can, uh, you can subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcatchers. Uh, the name of the show again is the adventures of memento mori. Or you can go to uh, www.remembertodie.com. And we're also on the Twitter and the Instagram at remembertodie.com. And I love the whole coffee cup. So part of along with mental mori being the Latin phrase, there was an object put to it. So typically it's a skull, right? So Hamlet doing this salute to, to be or not to be holding the skull, that's memento mori. Um, so, so my... So on the website, we're, we're selling coffee mugs, and it's a coffee mug that says, this could be my last cup of coffee, which is a memento mori. Which I love, and I might be ordering about 10 of those for holiday gifts <laughs> or birthday presents or whatever is around the corner. Well, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope people check out your podcast. Um, and it, any what kind of projects are you working on now? Yeah, well, we're taking the show to Vegas uh, next week. We're doing we're doing a uh, I'm, I'm teaming up with another Memento Mori uh, person, and we're doing a half hour talk at the Life Is Beautiful Music and Arts Festival. Um, and then we are we're going to record an episode, and we're, we're pitching this as a TV show. Oh no way! Yeah, a lot of us because a lot of these journeys are, are actually quite visual. And so uh, we're, we're going to up the ante and, and see if we can, we can get some bites to, uh, to make it a TV show. Oh, well, I wish you the best. It's a great concept. And the, again, you've got to check out uh, the, the podcast, everybody, because it is amazing. It will make you laugh. It will make you really think. Um, DS Moss, thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. Kimberly, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today, and remember, you're the designer.